stop touching the blood. Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be discussing a film from 2001 starring Carl Urban called The Truth About Demons. And let me just tell you, I went back and forth on including this one because I purchased it on eBay. Someone had put witches in the description, which is how I found it, and I noted that Carl Urban was in it. Carl Urban, who was starred in the Doom movie, which I actually kind of like, and uh, also uh, as um, the Dr. McCoy in like the new... Star Trek movies, which he's also very good in. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a try. And then I went back and forth on whether to include it in the podcast, because although it does say in many descriptions that I could find that it features a satanic cult, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with witches. Uh, so the link is quite tenuous, but I am including it here because of one character in the film who could be described as a witch, uh, who is the other lead, um, a character called Benny, played by Katie Wolfe. Katie Wolf doesn't appear to be like acting in many things anymore and doesn't seem to have acted in like much that I had heard of or anything that I'd heard of aside from the film that I just watched. But she does appear to now be doing a lot of directing and producing, so I guess that's more where her career has gone. The description on the back of the box is as follows. When you discover the truth about demons, can you ever make it back alive? Harry Ballard has just unearthed the essence of evil. He's a marked man, a living sacrifice, thrown into the depths of the demon world. His only hope is a beautiful young woman, an ex-cult member who has witnessed their immeasurable power. In the place between what you know and what you fear, demons rule. And the tagline for the movie is, Welcome to Hell on Earth. Essentially, none of that is correct, but um, hats off to the person who wrote that for trying. The film is a certificate 18, has a running time of 86 minutes, and is uh, another one from High Flyers. We've looked at a number of their films in the past, so I was kind of hopeful. I do like a High Flyers movie. I do have to give some trigger warnings for this one, and there are quite a few. Uh, so if any of the following are going to be triggering for you, I would give both this film and perhaps this episode a miss, because I will be discussing some of the stuff, but will not go into too many graphic details. Trigger warnings include suicide, drug use and addiction, abduction, stalking, insects, uh, gaslighting, addiction and mental illness. The film kicks off in an anthropology lab, I'm assuming in New Zealand, based on the fact that some of the actors are from New Zealand and everyone seems to be doing an accent. So I'm guessing New Zealand, shoot me if I'm wrong. Uh, we are introduced to Harry, who's Carl Evans character. He's currently writing notes on an idol and we see a point of view shot of someone whooshing around in the background in a spooky way. This turns out to be Johnny, who I guess is his assistant. Not clarified, but Johnny seems to be kind of a stoner. Uh, but they he's trying to prank him and they seem to have this thing where they prank each other backwards and forwards. Uh, Carl Urban, after being not scared by Johnny, who is bad at pranks, receives a package which bleeds bright red blood all over his hand. He is not unnerved by this and assumes that it's a prank package. Based on the press clippings on the wall, uh, I kind of assumed he was like a professional debunker. And he says that a lot of people get annoyed at him when he comes in and... and disproves their cults and what have you so he's used to getting weird mail um what weirded me out was the blood seemed to be fresh and there was quite a lot of it it hadn't like clotted anyway so that was weird inside the package however is a vhs tape uh, and a note that says the black lodge is after you and he clarifies for johnny's benefit and the audience that a black lodge is another name for a coven of evil witches and therein lies the justification for me reviewing this movie on the tape, a bald guy who 
is very into his role as the villain. I, he, he was clearly having a lot of fun. Um, talks about Harry specifically, calling him a liar. There's various like mentions of demons and weird noises on the tape. And uh, then the, the tape cuts off. Johnny instantly freaks out, saying that this is a threat and that Harry should take it seriously. But Harry points out that on the tape in the corner, it says 21 June, as in J-U-N, and that this tape therefore must be a year old. I don't know where he got this from, because it's just giving you the date of the 21st of June, which I, I guess, yes, that could be the previous June, but it, it could be any June. So I don't know where he got a year from, and it's never explained why they've waited a year in between this tape being recorded and being sent to him. So that's a little bit weird. We then see Harry alone in the lab again. It seems to be quite late at night. He toasts a picture of himself and a, another guy and says, like, to the departed. So I guess he's lost someone and we later find out this is his brother, Richard. He then leaves for the day um, in a lift that is carpeted on the walls, which I found more disturbing than the fact that there were demon noises in the lift and it wouldn't open the door. I was just staring at the wall like, why would you carpet a lift? People pee in lifts all the time. Anyway, he gets outside the lift eventually when the doors do open, only to be surprised by a girl with very wild hair and a lot of blue glitter around her eyes. Uh, she says various things that, that don't make a lot of sense, but one of them is that the sorcerer will come at you through your dreams. That's how it starts. And she makes reference to the video saying that she put a charm on it to protect it with her blood. She then gives him a piece of paper and says that it contains a hidden message, but is also a protective charm and will protect him, but it has to be near his penis. And when she runs off, he turns the paper over and it just says, I feel hot on it. So... It's setting her up as this kind of slightly crazy manic pixie dream witch type character, which is basically her character for the remainder of the movie. And uh, she runs off and he goes to his car. He assumes that the girl was a prank, as was the thing with the lift, uh, but he can't see Johnny anywhere. Uh, he also calls his girlfriend Celia and she says that she'll meet him at the restaurant because she's busy at work. When he finally gets to his car, he finds that the lock has been filled with super glue those damn satanic kids and he is about to i guess call triple a when a weird guy approaches him and calls him a slave as you do and he says he'll end up like his brother richard and that richard wanted harry to save him from the demons and harry let him down he's then knocked out by another goth wielding a two by four he's then put into the back of a van and some girl with very spiky hair injects him with a massive syringe now this doesn't really seem like the sorcerer is coming at him through his dreams. It feels very much like he's coming at him in the streets. But um, this continues to be a theme where, although the sorcerer is coming at him in his dreams, he's also coming for him in real life. So I feel like the girl's warning was unhelpful. He's then, when drugged, taken out of the back of the van into some sort of weird Cenobite club uh, where there appears to be murders taking place behind like plastic curtains. They chain him up by the neck and leave him. But he pulls the end of the chain out of the very weak floor, makes a hole in the floor, and then gets out through a crawl space. Uh, they do chase him with a chainsaw, but he does get away. So they failed at keeping him contained. He he's loose. I will also point out, because I I've mentioned Cenobites, that this whole film reminded me of another Hellraiser film, just as the previous film I looked at, The Witch's Sabbath, reminded me of Hellraiser 3. This one reminds me of, I think it's called Hellraiser Hellseeker? Or Hellraiser Deader. I think it might be Deader. But that also begins with a, a woman getting delivered a, a tape and then she investigates a cult and it leads to a weird club. 
Also, the fashions are very similar. After escaping from, you know, the, the chainsaw and, and being tied up and drugged and all the rest of the things, uh, Carl Urban just goes to the restaurant where he was meant to meet his girlfriend and collapses. Uh, just before he passes out completely, he sees the sorcerer at a table in the restaurant who toasts him with a glass of wine. So... Obviously, there's a lot of creepy shit going on. We then see Harry at the hospital being interviewed by the police. He outlines his work and says that he investigates and, and debunks cults. Uh, they ask about his brother and he says that his brother killed himself. They've also done a drug test on him and it is true that he has been drugged with heroin. But they do find traces of marijuana, which I guess is what he was smoking at work before he left um so they think that basically everything was drug-fueled imaginings he also then sees uh, the girl again uh, in the alleyway outside his apartment building holding a sparkler which i was expecting because the wikipedia summary for this film says this meanwhile a seemingly schizophrenic young woman named benny katie wolf who was a penchant for lighting sparklers in alleyways for no good reason so I guess Wikipedia is having none of her shit, but it is true that she does light sparklers on more than one occasion and there does not seem a reason for her to do this. So fair, fair dues. She disappears when he like looks away for a second. So she's all very mysterious. He goes through his research because he swears he's seen the sigil on one of the guys who kidnapped him chest before. It turns out it was in one of Richard's notebooks. He says that a sigil is a demonic symbol, which it isn't, but okay. I'll let you have that one movie. His girlfriend then says that he should get professional help, which fair, because he is doing a lot of weird things. He takes a bath, uh, and while he's lying there with a flannel over his face, some blood drips on it, and then his girlfriend's body is, is thrown into the bath. This is a nightmare. Uh, but then he gets out of the bath, finds that none of the lights in the apartment work, and his girlfriend has been strung up with barbed wire. So, again, you know, the saucer is in your dreams, but he's also in your apartment. There's also a lot of cockroaches on the floor. This is like a recurring theme. There's just bugs at all, all of the murder scenes. He puts his hand under her foot to catch drops of blood. He does this a lot, like to just catch his drops of blood or touch his blood. And it's like, why would you do that? You're a supposedly intelligent man. On the wall, written in blood, is the sentence, I killed this demon by Harry Ballard. Which, I mean, if you'd written, I killed this demon... You know, that, that's already pretty weird. Uh, but the fact that they wrote by Harry Ballard, like it was a school report that he wrote when he was like eight, is quite funny to me, but is obviously clearly meant to implicate him in the murder. There are then sirens and the police come to the door, but he escapes over the balcony without a shirt on. He arrives at a motel, dripping wet, dirty, covered in blood and without a shirt, and checks in no problem because it's that kind of shitty motel. He then calls Johnny, who is getting high and tells him to come to the hotel to help him uh they meanwhile while he's waiting for johnny to arrive he hears the people in the room above having sex but then the plaster in the ceiling starts to crack and he hears like screams of agony and demon noises this is revealed to be another nightmare but weirdly when he comes out of the nightmare the little lamp next to the bed the lampshade is gone and i kept waiting for this to be like relevant or something that was duplicated in other scenes maybe as a way of showing us that his reality is kind of coming apart and isn't consistent. But I genuinely think a continuity person just missed that lampshade. So no idea why that happened. Johnny arrives, still very high, and Harry explains the situation and that he can't go home because he's being implicated in a murder. So Johnny agrees to shelter him for a while and then goes to get the car, uh, giving Harry his jacket in the meantime to cover his, you know, naked and, and blood-covered chest. 
Johnny should not be driving because he seems very high. Like, he can't walk in a straight line. He even says he shouldn't be driving, but continues to try and do so. So I have little sympathy for what happens next. And what happens next is that he finds that his lock has been glued by, I'm assuming, some sort of satanic gang of youths and uh, a demon thing then gets him. We don't see it clearly, but we see its weird glory hand, which is more than enough. Harry, sick of waiting for Johnny to come back, goes outside uh, to find him. He instead finds a lot of his blood. He then follows the blood and touches it. Stop touching the blood. Uh, when he gets to the end of the blood trail, he, surprise, finds Johnny's body. I don't know what you thought was going to happen, obviously. Uh, it's also crawling with bugs, which he sweeps away with his hand, which, again, stop touching things. Uh, we then hear chanting and he turns around to find the sorcerers watching him. There are various demon sounds in the background. And uh, I do like this line from the sorcerer. He says, I know what you're thinking, Harry. What the fuck was that? So um, he knows. Also, the fact that this guy is like bald and pale and he keeps talking to this guy called Harry. Just I thought of him as Lord Voldemort for the longest time while watching this movie which I guess makes Benny the manic pixie dream witch Hagrid because she's constantly like trying to protect him. Uh, so that's a mental image for you to hold on to for the rest of the movie. Uh, a demon appears and Harry runs away. He is then uh, terrified after having escaped by the manic pixie dream girl, uh, jumping on his back as if for a, a piggyback ride. Uh, she reveals that her name is Benny, so I can finally stop calling her the girl. And they run off together. She seems a bit weird, but she predicts that the bus is coming before it turns the corner into the street. So I'm guessing either she has some sort of psychic powers or she has a bus timetable. She also calls the sorcerer fuckhole, which is a big fat mood. And I loved it. Uh, they then get on the bus. She clarifies that the sorcerer is also the high priest of the Black Lodge slash coven. And that she used to be a member, as was Richard, but she didn't know Richard that well. She also says that she knew this would happen tonight because it's the winter solstice, aka the longest night. And I had a little bit of a wobble here because the winter solstice in like the southern hemisphere is in June. So is it still called the winter solstice or do they call it the summer solstice but it's the longest night? Because this seems like it was filmed in New Zealand or Australia, judging by like accents. So it's either the middle of summer and she's correct in calling it the longest night or it is winter and they've gotten the winter solstice confused but it bothered me so I'm mentioning it. They go up to her apartment and uh, she has left all of the candles burning, not just all of the candles in the apartment, she has all of the candles. There is no candle made previously in the world that she does not own in her apartment and they are all on so fire safety again not really present in this movie her apartment is kind of cool. There's a lot of like Japanese stuff in there, so she, she, she's very into cultural appropriation. Uh, but there's also like a weird tree with like bags with live goldfish in, like hanging on the branches. So that's cruelty to animals, and she should stop. Uh, she then reveals that a rash in the shape of an upside down cross on Harry's body indicates that the sorcerer is coming for his soul and that he is after the soul of an equal which he can trade for great power from demons. So that seems like a motive. He calls this bullshit which he continues to do for a long time in the movie. Like he, he takes a long time to be convinced that this is actually really happening. She then says that she's done some protection magic. She draws some symbols by the door and lights a row of candles there and also lights another candle and says that it will keep him protected while he sleeps. He then falls asleep like 
mid-explanation and she blows out the protection candle and like calls to the spirits to, to come so I initially thought that maybe she was betraying him super early in the film but it seems like she wanted him to get a vision from his dead brother to tell him how to fight the sorcerer it's unclear in his dream Harry sees Richard and Richard says you were the one that he wanted and I was just like bait but that's really all he says he doesn't really reveal any important information so this whole sequence seems a little bit pointless when Harry wakes up, he goes into the other room and finds Benny asleep in a big white canopy bed with candles on all around the canopy because she wants to die, apparently. He finds a pile of occult books and uh, goes through them, finding a copy of the Black Bible. And in this, he reads that the victim of having their soul taken has until sunrise to reclaim their soul or they die. This becomes not important later like barely barely important like the whole sunrise thing not really mentioned again he then leaves the room to use the shared toilet on the landing uh, but he does cause one of the protective candles to go out when he leaves so big trouble big trouble's coming he goes to the toilet but then hears demon noises and a clawed hand like wax on the window so he runs back into the apartment knocking over more protective candles and basically ruining the aesthetic uh so a lot of bad stuff is about to go down benny lights a sparkler because of course she does and then they escape down a ladder i will point out that benny is wearing flat forms so this is just like this should be an olympic sport she also manages to run away in them and harry is behind her so she, she's beating him she's outpacing him in flat forms they then head to a bar to continue their like research slash chat and she says uh, that according to the book that she rescued from the apartment, they have to find the sorcerer's home and destroy his shrines so the dark powers will turn on him. This also does not become relevant later because no shrines get destroyed. Uh, Harry is still a non-believer and she mentions the dream of Richard, obviously, because she, she knew it happened because she caused it, but he doesn't seem to cotton on to this. They then steal a car and backtrack to where he was when he escaped from the goths before i was kind of wondering at this point if she used to be in the coven wouldn't she know where to go but apparently she doesn't and they then have a brief scuffle with some goths but managed to get away they find the the place where he was previously held but now the hole in the floor is gone i'm not sure why this is significant but i guess it just shows that he's losing touch with reality or that you can get a good carpenter whenever you want in new zealand unsure the sorcerer is there and when he leaves they follow him to like a giant conservatory place. They follow him in a car with the headlights on about five metres behind his car and they are the only two cars on the road. At the greenhouse they see the sorcerer embracing Celia who is apparently not dead and uh, Harry is a bit pissed off by this. They leave when the sorcerer leaves and follow him to where he drops off Celia at Harry's old apartment and he goes to follow her into the building. But first, he accuses uh, Benny of being with the weird goth people who he says are manufacturing all these tricks to try and get to him, because otherwise how would she know all this stuff? They argue and have a bit of a falling out, and he tries to convince her none of it is real, but then he goes into the building to follow Celia. He confronts her, and she basically gaslights him and says you know nothing's happened you've just been missing for two days and I was worried about you so he understandably flips out and chases her into the bathroom and then she confronts him with a giant bag of drugs like 
normally when in like films when they're like look at your drug paraphernalia it's like a syringe and a bit of rubber tubing in a pencil case this is like four kilograms of drugs in a large makeup bag like he has at least 18 syringes in there and a bunch of other stuff so i don't know he was clearly stockpiling or she went overkill on this uh she tries to convince him that uh richard threatened both of them with a knife and she uh, and then he had richard committed and then became a drug addict because he couldn't cope with the guilt she manages to persuade him that the demons are just a metaphor for that guilt and are hallucinations and that he needs to get help she then puts him to bed but after she's done this she asks him where benny is except obviously she has no reason to know who that is he instantly becomes suspicious and is just as instantly attacked by goths uh, benny then starts trying to get in from outside it takes her a stupidly long time to do this uh, and she doesn't even manage to get inside actually she gets let in but more on this later uh, the goths hold harry down while the sorcerer talks to him about how insects are eternal and powerful and that's basically the only reason they're in this film and he then makes out with Celia just to rub some salt into that wound. He then pours a bunch of cockroaches onto Harry's face, which was very disturbing because they are moving around like they are alive all over Carl Urban's tongue. And that's really creepy and disturbing. Once these have all been like shaken off, he says that Harry has a lot of untapped power and that he will never know how to use it. And then he sort of paralyzes Harry and puts his hand into his chest to rip out his heart because that's where the soul is kept uh, they then all leave the building which is how benny gets in behind them and somehow in a scene we are not shown she gets harry from his apartment to the car to her apartment all by her lonesome with her skinny little bird arms when he is a dead weight so i'm assuming she had a sack barrow but there we go she paints some stuff on his chest and then they make out and then they do the freckle frackle because now is the best time for that he has 12 minutes to get his soul back but you know pit stop she also drags like two meters of skanky dead extension hair down his chest and somehow this is meant to be erotic but it's not she then whispers his dead brother's name in his ear because where is she getting her seduction tips from it ain't cosmo uh, but he has this weird dream sequence where everything is bright and exposed and him and his brother are wearing pyjamas and sitting outside this weird condo building. But Richard tells him that this is where the sorcerer lives and this is where he needs to go. So that's where they need to go. When Harry wakes up, it's to Benny trying to give him her soul, which I guess would require her ripping her own heart out. He says no, they should probably just go to the sorcerer's house and, and take care of him there. So that's where they go for some reason benny takes a machete with her that she did not have earlier in the film but which i respect enormously they break into the condo house and find the sorcerer in a weird room with a big altar covered in cups uh, the floor of which is just a, a lake of blood uh, but he does appear to have put a plastic sheet down so either the film crew wanted an easy cleanup or he did pick your reason he is confronted by benny harry isn't there i don't know what harry was doing in the intervening time but she goes in alone he mind controls her into dropping the machete and a goth grabs her from behind uh, but then harry stabs that goth in the head so we're down one goth the sorcerer then like digs his scarily long gargamel fingernails into harry's heart and it, this causes harry intense pain he falls to the ground 
Seemingly thinking that he's won, the sorcerer then turns his back on both of them to start chanting at the altar. Uh, Harry then tells him to fuck off and stands up and rips open his own chest, like in the remake of Suspiria, so maybe they took it from this, I don't know, uh, but shows that he has a beating heart in his chest. I don't know how he accomplished this other than the fact that he was a Time Lord all along, but he has a heart, so I don't know what the sorcerer is holding. He then grabs Benny like from the floor and two demons come down from the ceiling. They kind of look like liquors from the original Resident Evil movie, but if they were made of twiglets and terrible CGI. So just imagine that. Uh, the demons come threateningly towards Harry, but predictably then turn on the sorcerer and attack him. I don't know why, because no one's done anything to his altar, which was what we were told needed to happen in the book. So confusion. We then get a close up of Harry's eye watching the demons tear the sorcerer apart and then travel by eye between scenes to a new scene in which he is in a police interview room. Uh, the cops are talking to him about the murder that he committed of the sorcerer and they also tell him that Benny is the sorcerer's daughter and that she's tried to convince other people to kill him but no one ever has before. They mention this now but it is never touched on again and doesn't really become relevant in the end of the film. So I thought this was going to be like the twist ending but it seems to be said and forgotten about in the same breath. Harry then coughs up a bug because power move and the cops are told to leave by someone off screen who says that they need to speak to their client so obviously someone posing as Harry's lawyer. This turns out to be Celia. She asks him if he can feel the dark power rising inside of him. He says you disgust me which fair because she did a lot of bad stuff uh, and then she tells him that he can just stay there then and leaves but not before she admits that she killed Richard. His wounds are now very salty with all this salt that people keep rubbing in them. We then cut to a mental health facility where Harry and Benny are apparently inmates. They sit in the garden and talk to each other and share jokes. He shows her a dead bug and then seemingly brings it back to life and then tells her that it sings songs and tells stories. And so she holds it up to her ear to listen to it. That's weird. Uh, and then in the final scene of the movie, we see Celia getting into her car and Richard, or Ghost Richard, unclear, is in the back seat and kills her. So I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm going to be honest, I kind of enjoyed the film. It was good. It had like some good scary elements, not knowing who he could trust and what was real. That was a thing that's in a lot of films, but was done okay here. I really liked Benny's apartment, the whole aesthetic of her magic, and I could have done with some more of that. The ending did kind of fall apart a little bit because I was unclear as to what had actually been accomplished when they killed the sorcerer, because it does definitely seem like Harry's life is ruined and him and Benny have been committed forever. Uh, is he the one who raised Richard to, to get Celia? Unclear. Why can he now be bugs back from the dead? Also unclear. It was still quite enjoyable. There were some fun moments in it, some good scares uh, with the bugs and stuff. It wasn't what I would call like a shocking film, like it didn't jump scare me a bunch, which was always good. I like being creeped out rather than being surprised. Um, so that was pretty good. I would recommend it, although it doesn't have like a huge amount of witchy content, it has to be said, but um, the whole character of Benny and her apartment and everything she gets up to 
basically reads very witchy uh, and you already have the, the lines in the film that say she was part of a coven so I don't think it's a stretch to say that she is a witch so there you go um, I would definitely give it a look um, if you're into interested in films sort of similar to various like Hellraiser films that's really all I can compare it to um, and yeah it was it was generally an enjoyable watch with an okay ending I just wished it had expanded on some things and, and made them clearer I hope you've enjoyed this review if you'd like to get in touch and let me know anything else that you'd like me to give a watch give a look at please do so you can do so by Twitter or the comment section on the YouTube videos I also have uh, an email account in the description for this episode but to be honest I do not check that that much so Twitter or comments are probably your best bet and in the meantime I'll see you in the next episode